to all my listeners here at America Emboldened, happy 4th of July. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm Greg Bolden, your host. You can find me Twitter at RealGregBolden, and you can check out all my colleagues' work at www.americaoutloud.com, which also has the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. You can download the app on all your favorite mobile devices or find it online. And while you're there, don't forget to visit all of our sponsors that help keep the lights on and uh, keep this whole thing going. It's very important that uh, you guys... Uh, do so. Uh, that helps keep great content coming your way. All right. So everybody knows what the 4th of July is about burgers and hot dogs and swimming. No, I'm kidding. It's about the declaration of independence. It's about the moment in time that individuals had aspirations. They had ideals to create their own nation by establishing their independence from England, from British rule, from the King. They wanted to be their own kings. They had enough of answering and getting taxated without being represented across the big pond. And so the Declaration of Independence was very necessary in order to gain that type of freedom. But it was also, uh, also went boldly into a direction that led to the deaths of many individuals as well. So they gave grievances against England. They said that it ranged from economic exploitation to denial of their basic civil liberties, such as unfair taxation, not being represented as well as colonial self-governance. And so they wanted to look at the 13 different colonies and create a United States. And so Thomas Jefferson, everybody knows he was uh, one of the most pivotal people in writing this document. And it really had a lot of his philosophical outlooks. People call it eloquent writing. Other people can't stand Thomas Jefferson, but he helped draft that document with five individuals. The committee was Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, Roger Sherman, Robert Livingston, and then Thomas Jefferson. And so they all worked to collaborate on this document and they gave their specific perspectives, the expertise, and they deliberated over the entire thing. They also uh, went to individuals such as John Locke, and he had some uh, individual ideas, uh, and they went to the Continental Congress to get support and guidance before they finally adopted it in 1776, the 4th of July. Now, it had an immediate impact because the Revolutionary War, right? It galvanized the entire colonies. There were people that were like, no, we still want to be part of England. And then we had the revolutionaries, the people who said, no, we want to be part of this new document. And so that would lead to that Revolutionary War. Eventually, 
Um, it would give us our own identity as Americans in the pursuit of liberty, equality, and self-governance, which are the tenets that we have now in our Constitution and helped articulate that way for the framework that governs us. That I had my show yesterday talking about the Supreme Court and the way that they interpret that Constitution. So today I want to do a, a little bit different of a show. Um, and I'm going to go with the Declaration of Independence. Perhaps it's been a long time since you've read it. And so today on the show, I'm reading you the Declaration of Independence. And that's it. I'm not going to offer much else beyond that. I'm not even going to take a break today. They can put the sponsors in front of this or they can put it at the end of this. Uh, but this is a show just for you to remind you about the five individuals and the work that they did that give you the freedom that you have today of free speech and all of your amendment rights. Here we go. The Unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinion of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. 
He has refused to assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be attained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of a trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of government, 
for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us all in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred, disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from the allegiance to the British crown, and that the political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The 56 signatures on the declaration appear in the positions that are indicated. Georgia, Budden Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walden, North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn, 
South Carolina, Edward Rutledge, Thomas Hayward Jr., Thomas Lynch Jr., Arthur Middleton, Massachusetts, John Hancock, Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, Virginia, George Wyeth, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morden, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McCain, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark, New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple, Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Jerry, Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Walcott, New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton. I read the Declaration of Independence today because on the 4th of July, it's probably been a long time since you really thought about why we decided we needed to break free from a government that was unfair, was not treating our citizens in a just manner. And there comes a time where we may, in the future, need to look at this once again and ask, is it a potential that we need a new declaration, a new constitution? Could the government at some point in time deviate from the core principles assigned in our constitution? Could we see our civil liberties? Could we see an infringement on the separation of powers? Are we seeing an undermining of democratic institutions? If all of a sudden we lose our freedom of speech, if we can't peacefully assemble, if we can't talk about the concerns of our constitution and individual liberties, then would we need to once again declare independence as states from the larger Washington, D.C. structure and unit? Perhaps it will be social issues. Perhaps as we continue to have conversations about the principles of equality and justice, we talk about racial inequality, we talk about gender discrimination, perhaps people will not feel that they're being treated equally under the law. Maybe we'll have privacy concerns. You've heard me talk about the need possibly to have a document that gives you your privacy rights, your digital privacy rights. Maybe we'll need a declaration to address those. Maybe it will be because the Republic needs to be changed. Maybe there's going to be a changing need of society. Perhaps it will be because of the engagement of citizens. Maybe it will be because of lobbyists and corruption. Maybe there will be an international issue. Maybe there will be global challenges. Maybe all of a sudden China and BRICS will put us in a spot where we need to protect human rights on a different scale. And maybe the constitutional amendments will just need to be addressed with new public support. Maybe we'll need that amendment for that and we can keep this document 
that was so vital and so important were people risking their lives to put their names on it, the names that I read. Whatever it is, I thank those individuals for giving us the country and the freedoms that I have been afforded in my lifetime, and I wish you and yours a very happy and relaxing day of freedom here in the United States. Happy 4th of July. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.